0: So, Scott, I have a question. Should you preserve culture as your company evolves? I have an opinion. What do you think?
1: You know, it depends. Let's talk about it.
0: Join us for episode 195 of Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper.
1: This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth. On the
0: web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And sitting right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott.
1: Hi, Pam. It's always a pleasure to join you again for Growth Igniter's radio. And as always, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas to help visionary leaders accelerate themselves and their companies, of course, to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. Now, Pam, we're coming up on the 4th of July holiday here in the U.S., Independence Day. And today, let's declare our independence from our usual format.
0: Yay, Yay. let's do that. (laughs) No, no structure today.
1: Well, some structure, but let's talk about this idea of preserving culture as a company changes and evolves.
0: The thing is, to me, that people get very hung up on the idea of We have a culture, and this is the culture that we must preserve at all costs. It would be very similar to saying, we have a family, and that family has to stay exactly the same over time, and it's not going to happen. Too much goes on. And it's especially important for us to talk about right now because we're in the post-pandemic world and we've got a remote workplace. That, or a hybrid workplace Or a hybrid yeah. hybrid workplace. And then we're all trying to figure out what the best way to evolve is uh, when you don't know what you don't know. And one of the big things that we don't know is how to preserve what makes us special, the culture.
1: This is a big deal because so many leaders, including us, make a big thing out of culture. Culture is what makes a company tick. It's what gives it its personality. It's what makes one company different from another company, more effective or less effective.
0: Mm-hmm. The question is, first of all, I hear people all the time talking about culture, and I don't think we all mean the same thing. Yeah, so but- I want I want to just put this forward right now okay. in terms of... What I believe. Go ahead. Which is that culture is the values, beliefs, and practices of people. And therefore, we all have a culture in our businesses from day one, whether you're consciously shaping it or not.
1: So it's not like the, the uh, CEO who said, uh, when you asked, what, tell me about your culture, he said. Is
0: I, you know, I haven't put one of those in yet. And of course, what he was talking about, was he had not been focused on culture-building programs. Mm -hmm. And I hear a lot of people talking about their concern that as the remote workplace and the hybrid workplace evolve, that they won't be able to have the foosball tables and uh, other special in-person kinds of events. Having lunch together. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So the question is, is that really what makes a company special?
1: Okay, so you said values, beliefs, and practices. So what's really at risk in in a lot of this remote and hybrid uh, workforce is practices change.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly.
1: Practices change. So with that, because they have to, Mm -hmm. with that, do values and beliefs that make the company special, that bring people together, do those have to change?
0: Those do not have to change. And that's the point. We don't have to focus on practices. What we do need to focus on are the values and the beliefs that we have about working together. And there needs to be more conversation. A lot of times we think that it's the practice, it's how we have lunch together or how we have interactions at picnics or whatever it is that makes us special. I don't believe that for a moment. Think about a company like Apple. This is a company that started out very small, a startup. Yeah, and two
1: guys in a garage. So that's out. right.
0: But they had values. Yeah, values and beliefs about working together, and and what they were trying to produce. What they were the trying world. to produce yeah. in the world, and over time, they had many different types of practices. Sure, and I don't think we have to go into what those are. Mm-hmm. But the point is that Apple certainly today is not what Apple was in terms of their practices when they were a startup. But clearly, a certain set of values and beliefs have prevailed over time.
1: Yeah, okay. So the the value on the aesthetics of the products Mm -hmm. and the usability of the products Mm -hmm. and how they make people feel, that has pretty much stayed over the past, what, 30 years or whatever that's it is. That's the business
0: proposition, and you could say that's not culture. But, of course, the values and the beliefs yeah. are driven by people. Now, so,
1: certain other of the values and beliefs have evolved, have changed. They have to. They have to. I mean, it's a huge company now, and they're not making, you know, little I, I remember my Apple II Plus. I was so proud of that thing in nineteen eighty. <laughs> right. my, my iphone is zillions of times more powerful than that and yet
0: there's a commonality yeah one of the things that people talk about uh steve jobs i think was quoted as saying that it's very important to him for people to have these accidental meetings yeah so that innovation can happen and of course they can't have that the same way when some people are remote so let's talk about
1: that well, I mean, you can have an accidental meeting uh, or informal meetings. Let's make it informal. We can say, you know what, I have a question. I'm going to Zoom you. And in fact, sometimes it's easier now with Zoom and other telecommunications practices to reach out to people that are far away than it used to be.
0: I do this all the time. (laughs) So in fact, if I feel like some idea comes to me, I might say to whoever it is that I feel like I want to reach out to, I have an idea. Yeah. Can you talk? Yeah. And they may say, about what? And we'll talk about it a little bit and say, I have, I can't talk now, but let's talk in an, uh, 10 minutes. I mean, very similar to what might happen in the hallway.
1: Right. So, so you have a virtual hallway.
0: It's a virtual hallway. Now, Absolutely.
1: some people talk about, I'm all zoomed out. God, I can't stand another Zoom meeting for crying out loud. Get me out of here. What do you say to that?
0: I have had some of the best conversations with people on Zoom. There's a certain intimacy, can undeniable be. intimacy, yeah. about being in somebody's space. Mm-hmm. And yes, some people put the screen up so you can't see it. But other people, there's there can be a spontaneity, in conversation on Zoom, if you know how to use Zoom. Mm-hmm. So, what that really says is we have to get familiar with new tools. Right. It's like being familiar with a new building.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, sometimes uh, we talk about, well, we want to preserve our culture. You know, our culture is very important to us. We have, you know, an informality about us or we're, we're f- you know, fast to react or whatever. But as companies grow, Is it always right? And you said this at the very beginning. Should you preserve your company's culture as it evolves?
0: And the answer is yes and no. It depends, okay? (laughs) And I'm not trying to be a consultant about this. Okay. But the fact of the yes is, yes, it's important to preserve those aspects of your culture that are going to best serve your customers, your employees, your partners, and other stakeholders that you want to have. So for or the as, outcome. And the, for the outcome. The basic outcome that, that's right. that you're delivering so to the instance, people you serve. Absolutely. So if you're talking about, say, the ability to make decisions quickly. Yeah. One of the things we saw with the vaccines, for instance is uh, how quickly the scientists were able to move when they were able to shift priorities and focus on the emergency. And so yet certain values were maintained and right. standards absolutely, absolutely were maintained. Absolutely. Pe- people maybe.
1: I mean, here's the thing about the culture uh, and the vaccines. For those who don't know me, I'm a microbiologist in training. I'm familiar with vaccine development. And I've heard so many people say, "Oh my God, they did it so quick! It has to be crap." It's no, yeah, they don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. The fact is that it was possible for these companies to put certain priorities aside and accelerate the COVID vaccine development without sacrificing a key fundamental value to most pharmaceutical companies, which is. Our products, our medications, our vaccines have to be safe and effective, and we have to have a really strong confidence in that.
0: Let's be clear about this. The decisions came from the top levels of the company. The CEO of Pfizer, for instance, yeah. was the one who said, we have decided. So the board and the C-suite were in sync. Yep. They were aligned about the idea that we're going to set aside some of our priorities about P&L, and, and we're going to focus on the key value of preserving lives. Yeah. So now you're talking about the culture. You're yeah. talking about a business outcome. You're talking about the culture. And you're talking about certain practices that are being pushed to the side.
1: Okay, and now on a more general scale, you know, we're saying, okay, there are things that happen when a company is growing, or it's getting bigger, it's developing more locations perhaps around the world, Mm -hmm. something has to give. How do we decide what is really important in our culture and what we can and should let go? To me, it comes back to practices are things we can sacrifice as long as we preserve the values and the beliefs that are at the core of being functional and having good value for I'll put uh, customers and all the stakeholders.
0: And that's where it starts. We need to have new conversations, yeah, more conversations, regular conversations about what our values and beliefs are, about what our company stands for, mm-hmm. and how we express it on a day-in and day-out basis. We need to be conscious about what we're doing and be thinking about, is this really something that we must be doing or could we let that go and still hold on to the values and beliefs which is where the culture really lives
1: hmm so you're talking about having conversations it's kind of like let's talk about our relationship (laughs) it makes people some some people really uncomfortable and yet that's that's where the real stuff happens when you when you get real and you go beyond you know Let's have a foosball table or let's have company parties or what have you and start thinking about what is it? What is our real secret sauce? Mm. What do those company parties do?
0: I mean, when I'm I'm talking with people, when I'm leading conversations, there are definitely ways based in neuroscience that you can diffuse the tension and the discomfort and help people to talk about what really is important. And it doesn't have to be a marathon. Yeah. There are ways to do this that are in line with what is right for a particular organization.
1: A lot of times it really comes down to listening, asking questions, being curious, right?
0: Mm -hmm. And it starts with the C-suite and the board in Ah, alignment. Okay. Because if the rest of the company is doing something that's very different, it's not going to be supported Everything works together. So a culture is the same as having a family, again, where you have parents and kids and people who are seeing the world in complementary ways. Okay. So we're not all doing the same thing. Right. But we have similar enough values that we can communicate and get things done.
1: Okay, so this touches back on conversation, the last conversation we had with Peter Gleason, the president of NACD, who was talking about how to be ready for the future, to move into this changing world. The CEO, the C-suite, and the board have to be much more integrated and more aligned in, uh-huh. on what they really think is imp- what's really important for the company and how they are going to bring people together. And engage them and get commitment to move in that direction.
0: Exactly. So, Scott, let's wrap this up with three things that they can immediately do. We'll be true to our promise. Okay. So that you can preserve your culture in the way that makes sense as your company evolves. First thing, okay, ensure that your C suite and board are aligned about. Your values and beliefs about your company, where you're going, Mm -hmm. and your beliefs about how people should be working together, what makes sense, what are the most important cultural values that you have, and that are reflected in what you see every day, Mm -hmm. in how people are behaving.
1: And that reinforce what you want to have happen.
0: All right. Immediately useful idea number two, Scott.
1: As your company is changing to, you know, for whatever reason, because of hybrid workforce, because you're expanding, be clear that the practices that may be cherished, that you have to put aside, don't necessarily have to mean that you're putting the important parts of your culture aside. You may have to, though, think about new ways to foster whatever it is that's important, whether it's interaction, it's innovation, it is uh, kicking around ideas informally and then bringing them to life. You've got to figure out new ways to do that, and sometimes that you've just evolved spontaneously. Sometimes it requires some conversations to figure ways around or workarounds that are practical and effective, and they may even be more effective. That's in right. some of the cherished uh, traditions that you've had.
0: Okay. And I will take immediately useful idea number three that builds on what you just said. Go ahead. Which is to have checkpoints ah. about what you do decide to try because it may or may not work. That's the nature of innovation, right? right? Saying yeah, it course. to you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, do experiments. And, uh, There has to be a way, a metric for how you know that this is working, whether it's that uh, work is getting done faster, it's that attrition is slowing down Mm -hmm. and that you have an acceptable level, something that makes sense according to what you're trying to accomplish. And when you can do this on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. you can then know that you're heading in the right direction. And you'll hold on to some of these new practices, and you'll let go of others. And you're going to continue to do that as the company and the world keep changing in ways that we don't even know how yet.
1: So you can preserve your your company's culture as it evolves. If you're focusing on what's the most important part of that culture that brings value to the world.
0: Exactly. Until next time, this is Pam Harper
1: and Scott Harper
0: wishing you continued success and leaving you with this thought.
1: What new conversations do we have to have and who do we have to have them with so we can ensure that we can preserve the most important aspects of our culture as we evolve in this constantly changing world?